Section 7 of The Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 4 Francesco Sforza, Frederick III, Pius II, Part 1. After the death of the Duke Filippo Maria, Milan was in a condition of the greatest confusion and embarrassment there was no son or near relation to claim the fief by right of inheritance it is said that the duke the day before his death had made a will in which he declared alfonso of naples as his successor but it is a great question whether this will was genuine and if it were it is doubtful whether the duke had a right to dispose of an imperial fief by testament two other pretenders to the coronet were francesco sforza who had married the duke's daughter bianca maria and was the best defence against the hostility of venice and the duke of savoy who was the brother of the widowed duchess francesco sforza was as we know the son of attendolo sforza the great condottiere general it is said that the founder of the family attached himself by an accident to the career which brought him so much distinction he was a woodsman working in the forests of cotignola some mercenary troops passing by asked him to join them he said that his answer should depend upon whether his axe when he threw it remained sticking in the tree or fell to the ground it remained suspended and he followed the voice of destiny two days before the death of the duke nicola guarna wrote to sforza urging him to come to the city consider what the state of things is and how you will be off if our lord dies and you are not here on the day of the duke's death he wrote again on the following antonio guidoboni informing him of what had occurred and urging him to come said as soon as you are here half the game is won the moment the duke's death was known the aragonese party filled the fortresses with neapolitan troops and the chief mercenary generals took the oath of allegiance to king alfonso the people of milan were of a different opinion they wished for none of the three alternatives they were tired of princely government and longed for the establishment of their ancient freedom they rose in insurrection and declared that with the extinction of the visconti dynasty the sovereignty reverted to the town itself the government remained in the hands of the great council of eight hundred out of whom were elected a small council of twenty-four four from each of the six wards of the city these were to stand at the head of the new constitution the golden ambrosian republic as conservators and defenders of liberty capitanei et defensores libertatis illustris et excelsae communitatis mediotani the condottieri in search of their own interest left the king of naples and swore allegiance to the republic the neapolitan soldiers in the forts were bought off for the sum of seventeen thousand florins the freedom of the city was secured but the venetians were in no mood to make peace with the new power the empire of the duke was hopelessly broken up venice had good hope that the whole of it would fall into her hands in lodi the guelph party drove out the ghibellines and surrendered the city to venice piacenza did the same pavia parma tortona declared their independence 
Asti was occupied by the Duke of Orleans, who laid claim to the whole of the Milanese in the right of his mother, Valentina Visconti, the sister of Filippo Maria. Cremona was in the hands of the Sforza as part of his wife's dower. Brescia had been for some time in the power of the Venetians. The only towns which remained in their allegiance were Como, Alessandria, and Novara. The danger of entire dissolution roused the people of Milan to redoubled efforts. Sforza was promised the possession of Brescia and Verona if he could win them back from the Venetians. The new republic made a great mistake in taking Sforza into their pay, as he could have no other purpose than to recover the dominion of his father-in-law for himself. It would have been better to have made terms with Venice, however hard. The two sons of Niccolo Piccinino left the service of Venice and attached themselves to Sforza, and the Milanese, by the advice of Sforza, took into their pay the great condottiere leader, Bartolomeo Colioni. Strengthened by these reinforcements, Sforza first turned his attention to Piacenza and Pavia. Pavia was at this time as much torn by parties as Milan itself. The people wished for freedom, but the castle was occupied by Matteo Bolognini and also by Agnese del Manio, the mother of Bianca Maria, who was the wife of Sforza. By her intervention, Pavia delivered itself to Sforza under the condition that it should not be made subject to Milan. The Milanese were naturally much distressed at this sign of self-seeking on the part of their general, but they were too weak to resent it. The Este were pressing them on one side, the Correggi on the other, the Doge of Venice was threatening Tortona, the Duke of Savoy had designs on Novara and Alessandria, the Marquis of Montferrat was bestirring himself, and Drenet, the lieutenant of the Duke of Orléans, was attempting to extend his power from Asti. The Duke of Savoy at this time was Louis the Elder, who succeeded to the dukedom when his father Amadeus the Eighth, now Pope Felix the Fifth, retired to the hermitage of Ripay. Louis is described by his contemporaries as being a strong man, handsome and affable, fluent of speech, but indolent in action, inconstant, and variable as were so many of his line. He often sought his father's advice, but was believed to be guided rather by the influence of his wife Anne, princess of Cyprus. Men complained that he impoverished his own country to enrich the house of Lusignan. On November 15th, Francesco Sforza took Piacenza by storm. The town was given up to the most horrible excesses of the soldiery. The fate of Tortona was remarkable. It surrendered itself secretly to Sforza shortly after he had got possession of Pavia, but the people of Milan ordered Bartolomeo Corleone, who had just defeated Drenet in the territory of Alessandria, to drive out Sforza's representatives and to occupy the town for themselves. Sforza, on his part, took no notice of this insult. The two republics again attempted to order peace, and their representatives met at Bergamo for that purpose in January 1448. But the peace had to be ratified by the great council of Milan, and the party of Sforza was thoroughly opposed to it. 
by his intrigues the project was given up and in may fourteen forty eight the war broke out with new vigour the resources of the new republic began to fail it had no money to pay its mercenaries one after another they dropped off the most important loss being that of bartolomeo colleone who joined the service of venice sforza continued to serve the ambrosian republic knowing he could afford to wait for the accomplishment of his ends in the early summer of fourteen forty eight the war was pursued with energy in the valley of the adda and the venetians suffered severe defeats in the summer and the autumn their fleet was destroyed at castal maggiore on the po but the most important feat of arms was the siege of caravaggio which began at the end of july and lasted for six weeks it concluded with the battle of caravaggio on september fifteenth in which the venetians were most severely defeated the venetians trusted to recover themselves rather by diplomacy than by force they knew that the milanese were jealous of the power of their general and they thought they would be able to estrange him from their service on october eighteenth fourteen forty eight a treaty was signed at rivoltella a small village close to peschiera between the venetians and sforza by which venice bound herself to assist francesco in the conquest of milan with four thousand cavalry two thousand infantry and thirteen thousand ducats a month if sforza was victorious the adda was to form the boundary between the two countries it is probable that the venetians did not really desire that sforza should conquer milan but they reckoned that the milanese from fear of having him as their master would make peace with them on favourable terms the generals of milan were francesco piccinino the son of the famous niccolo and carlo gonzaga who was afterwards duke of mantua the ambrosian republic in despair turned for assistance to the chief potentates of europe to the emperor frederick the third to king alfonso to charles the seventh of france to the dauphin afterwards louis the eleventh to philip the good of burgundy to louis of savoy there exists in the archives of geneva a volume of eighty letters which passed between pope felix v and his son with regard to the league of milan sforza crossed the adda and gained numerous successes milan was torn asunder by guelphs and ghibellines gonzaga tried to conciliate the popular party in order to gain the dukedom for himself upon this the ghibelline nobles turned their eyes to sforza and thought of offering him the dukedom upon certain conditions the result of this was that they were driven from the town and many of them took refuge in sforza's camp the popular party abused the power they had won and the consequence was that the two piccinini went over to sforza it is wearisome and unnecessary to follow the details of the conflict in september fourteen forty nine the venetians made peace on their own account with milan as the popular party in milan saw in this the only means of procuring their independence the venetians offered to admit sforza as a party to the arrangement on favourable terms but he refused as the terms did not comprise the freedom of milan sforza was determined to reduce the city by famine 
he could effect this by blocking the passages over the Ada, so that the Milanese could receive no assistance from the Venetians. The two bridges over the Ada were at Trezzo and Brivio. The first was guarded by a castle with a bridge, and was in the power of Sforza. The second was not difficult to blockade. Month after month the distress of Milan grew greater. An attempt made by Bartolomeo Colioni to relieve the blockade by passing to the lake of Como by the Val Cecina, although it was one of the greatest feats of that general, did not affect its purpose. At the end of February Milan was in the extremity of despair. The first breath of spring was scarcely felt. Several months must elapse before the harvest, and what was the harvest of that sunburnt plain, scorched by the flames of war and trampled down by innumerable battles crowds of hungry men followed by their wives and children fled from the city to find nourishment in the fields sforza forbade that they should have any assistance the people became irritated against the venetians the heads of the republic met in the church of santa maria della scala but the populace of the porta nuova rose in tumult the government tried in vain to suppress it. The Venetian ambassador, Leonardo Venier, was massacred, the magistrates fled, and the people summoned the principal citizens to meet in the same church of La Scala. Gaspare di Vimarcate exposed the impossibility of procuring freedom, and the danger of submitting to any other lord but Sforza. His name was at once accepted. Some days were spent in settling the conditions, and the instrument was finally signed on March 3, 1450. Sforza made his triumphal entry into the conquered city on March 25th. He came to Milan from Monza. Outside the Porta Ticinesi he was met by the chief men of the city, by Bianca his wife, Galeazzo Maria his eldest son, and his brother Alessandro. A triumphal car and a canopy of white silk embroidered with gold had been prepared for him, but he refused these gods as the superstition of kings and great princes. He entered the city and proceeded to the cathedral. There he was clothed in white cloth according to the ancient custom of the dukes. He took his seat with his wife by his side and listened to a discourse by Castiglione, the author of the Cortegiano. He was confirmed as duke by the voice of the people, received the oath of allegiance from the representatives of the wards, and took into his hands the scepter, the sword, the banner, the keys of the gates, and the seal of the Visconti dukes. He then created his son Galeazzo, Count of Pavia. For some time he was not recognized by the King of France, who claimed the Duchy of Milan for the Duke of Orléans, nor by Frederick III of Germany, who regarded the duchy as a sheeted to the imperial crown. He was, however, recognized by the ambassadors of all the Italian states except Venice and Naples, the Pope, Florence, Genoa, Siena, Ancona, and many others sent their envoys to congratulate him. It is a characteristic fact that just at this time the Council of Ten at Venice discussed for the second time the propriety of accepting an offer to poison the newly crowned duke. End of section seven.